snow shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming after me snow wall you won't kick down line you won't tear down coming after me snow shadow you won't light up mountain you won't
the grace could never change. Oh, fear, he is a liar. He will take your breath, stop you in your stead. your fire fall and cast out all my fears let your fire fall your love is all I feel let your fire fall and cast out all my fears let your fire fall your love is all I feel let your fire fall Cast out all my fear. Let your fire fall, your love is all I fear. Let your fire fall and cast out all my fear. Let your fire fall, your love is all I fear.
It hits you without any warning. The storm of your life had begun. Seeing no hope in the distance. You're frightened with nowhere to run. By now your vessel is filling. You're thinking that you'll surely drown. You've cried out for help from the Savior. I'll keep that song ready. She's going to sing that again in a minute. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful that you know my voice. I'm so thankful that you know my stature. I'm so thankful that you know every hair on my head. Thank you, Lord, for knowing every weakness and every strength. Thank you for knowing my bitterness and my brokenness. Lord, thank you for knowing everything. Thank you for being there when no one else is there. I'm so thankful that when I come to you and I pour out my soul, that it wakes you up. But Lord, I know you're never asleep. But I know that it stirs you to see your people broken. It stirs you to see your people hurting. It stirs you up when God's people call out to you in the precious name of Jesus. What a name. What a precious name. At that name, I got saved. 
At that name, you have healed my soul over and over and over again. Thank you, Lord, for the precious name of Jesus. Help me now. Help us, Lord, to fulfill your will in this service this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1, I want to do something a little different. Probably won't preach as long. You don't hear that very often. You say, what's well, different? Well, I preach long most of the time. But I've got something on my soul, something on my heart that I have to say this morning. This week, I went to a marriage retreat. <clears throat> and at the end of the week, uh, I heard somebody speak upon this subject. And while he was giving me something, I was getting a sermon. <laughs> Wasn't really listening to him, but I began to build a sermon, and God gave me this. At the beginning of the week, I went to East Texas, and I preached in a little town called Alto, Texas. And about eight years ago, seven years ago, I don't know how long it's been now, but a family that I love there in Alto, Texas, had a little boy that was diagnosed with cancer. They took him down to Children's Hospital in Houston, MD Anderson, all of that. And it was bad. Was it lymphoma? Something like that. He was six, seven years old at the time. His name was Drew. It was a sister church about 15 miles down the road from where we pastored. And I'll never forget that we had the Bowling family, Mike and Kelly Bowling, come and sing at our church. Mike Bowling is the one who made that song, Your Cries Have Awoken the Master, famous. I believe he may have wrote it. I'm not sure. But he made that song famous. And he sang that, and I'm talking about he brought the house down. And when he got done, the daddy of that little boy stood up and he said, Can I say something? This man's about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, one of the biggest men you ever meet. And this daddy stood up as broken as you ever see a man. And he said, I want you to know that God gave me a song in the midst of this trial. And that song is your cries have awoken the master. And this week I got to see this family. And this week... This family that I've prayed for over and over and over said, Brother Josh Drew got to ring the bell down at M.D. Anderson not long ago. I'm glad that your cries wake up the master. But you remember this. He's never asleep. He knows what's going on. But when you pray, your prayers stir him. Your brokenness stirs him. Your hurt stirs the heart of of the Lord. And you listen to this preacher this morning. Nobody cares more than the Lord. He cares for you. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, we find the story of Hannah. And Hannah is a woman that is going through a lot of travail. She cannot have a child. Her husband has another wife. We're not going to get off on that story this morning. But she was able to have children. She wanted children and couldn't have children. This other woman made it hard on her. The devil made it hard on her. This woman wanted a child and she was not allowed to have a child. The Lord closed her womb is what the Bible says. In verse 7 it says, And as he did so year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. This woman was troubled with this trial of uh, the inability to have this child. She wanted this more than anything and she wasn't allowed to have it. 
And this broke this woman's heart. It got her in a place that a dangerous place for a child of God. But she was there worshiping. She was there serving the Lord. But I want you to notice verse 10. The Bible says, and she was in bitterness of soul. She had a bitter soul. She had a hard heart. And we get filled with troubles and trials and heartaches of this world. And we become bitter. We get overwhelmed with things of this world. And it hardens our heart. And we get mad and we get bitter. She got bitter at people around her. She got bitter at her husband. She got mad at the other woman. She got mad at those that was pointing the finger and making fun of her and ridiculing her. But most of all, she got mad at God. And she got bitter with the Lord. And I remember old Naomi that got mad at God. And the people said, oh, Naomi. She said, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara because the Lord hath dealt bitterly with me. And those people that heard her knew that she was talking about the bitter waters of Mara. She had a bitter taste in her mouth. She was mad. She was upset. She was hurt. And she was hard because of it. Maybe you're here this morning and you're bitter at God. You're mad at God the other day. I was in Crossed Hospital and I walked in an elevator and there was a man standing there. And I said, well, how are you today? And he said, well, it's a bad day. And I said, what's wrong? He said, my son had emergency appendectomy today. I don't know if I said that right or not, but I hope I'm close. His appendix ruptured this morning. And we took him in and he had this major surgery and got him done. And everything is great. And I said, well, praise the Lord. And he said, well, I don't know if I'd give him credit. And I said, well, praise the Lord. And I thought, well, if he ain't going to praise him, I'm going to praise him for him. So I got to talking to this man. And he said something again about his son doing better than what he was that morning. And I said, well, praise the Lord. And he said, well, I don't know if I'd give him credit. And I said, well, you don't have to. I just did for you. And I began to talk to this man. And he began to tell me how he lost two children. And he said, God took two kids from me. I couldn't talk to this man about the Lord. I couldn't talk to him about Jesus because he was bitter. His heart was hard. And he had hardened himself to the Lord and to the things of God. And he was mad and he was bitter. And you listen to me. God has never dealt with you bitterly. The mess that we deal with is not God's fault. It's sin's fault. Men do not die because of God. Men die because of sin. When God created man, He created us that we would live for all of eternity. God did not create cancer. Sin created cancer. Sin is why we are so bitter this morning. It's not God's fault. It's sin's fault. And let me tell you something. Don't blame God for what man has done for you. You sitting here this morning blaming God for what man's done. Don't blame God. It's man's fault. 
You say, preacher, I cannot help but be bitter at God. You listen to me. When no one else has been there, God's been there. When no one else loves you, God loves you. Let me tell you, God didn't get you into this, but bless God, He'll get you out of this. And you're sitting here this morning, and you've had something on your life for year after year after year, as Hannah did, and she went up to the temple. And oh, she was bitter. She was mad at the Lord. Oh, child of God, quit being bitter and mad this morning. Get that bitterness off of your soul. Not only did she have a bitter soul, but she had a sorrowful soul. In verse 15, Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. The word sorrow means a feeling of deep distress caused by loss or disappointment. You see, a bitter soul is a hard heart, but a sorrowful soul is a broken heart. Some of you are just mad, but some of you are broken. Some of you are just bitter and mad, but some of us are just upset and broken hearted. Sorrow is a feeling of, di of deep distress caused by loss or disappointment. Synonyms for sorrow is sadness, unhappy, misery, regret, Depression, despair, gloom, woe, heartache, and grief. While some of us are mad, the rest of us are sorrowful. And we're broken hearted. We're broken over the sickness. We're broken over the sin. We're broken and sorrowful because of the consequences of the sin of this world. The circumstances has brought us to a place of brokenness. And all she could do when she got in the temple is just weep. Because not only was this a bitter woman, but this was a broken woman. And she broke down before the Lord and she just cried. And she just wept because this woman was broken. And she was discouraged. And she was depressed. You've been there and I've been there. And you may be there this morning. And let me tell you, child of God, God doesn't want that for your life. And I know this world and circumstances can overwhelm us to the point that it breaks us. The other day at the marriage conference, my wife turned around and she said, if you don't get off that phone, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> message after message. Pray for this one. My grandchild, my sister, my marriage. Over and over and over. And it brought sorrow to my soul. I don't even remember. I can't keep up with all y'all sorrows. Because there's so many. You're overloaded. Full of sorrow. This world will rip your heart out. Circumstances will break you down. To where you don't know what to do or how to do it or if you'll ever be able to do it again. And this is the point in the place that people get to where they say, I've had enough. And they take a pistol 
And they say the only way to end these sorrows is by blowing my brains out. The only way to end my sorrows is by just ending it. Oh, that's not how to handle sorrow. That's not how to handle brokenness or bitterness. Don't get angry. Don't get mad. Don't become depressed. She was bitter. And she was sorrowful. But she poured out. You listen, you better stay with me now. You don't want to get to that place of depression. You don't want to get to the place of suicide. You don't want to get to the place of medication. You say, preacher, how do I avoid that? How do I avoid this bitter soul and this sorrowful soul? You better have a poured soul. I want you to notice in verse 15. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, listen now, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. She was bitter. She was sorrowful. But this is how you handle your bitterness and your sorrow. Not by the world. Not by Dr. Phil's ten steps to whatever. But by pouring out your soul to God. Listen to me. God puts people in our life to talk to and they help us. But telling your preacher is not going to take care of the problem. I'm here for you and I will help you. But telling your preacher will not solve the problem. Telling your Sunday school teacher will not solve the problem. Telling your family members is not going to solve the problem. I know you have friends that's there for you and who love who loves you. And you go to them and you pour out your soul. Because we're here this morning and we're flooded with emotions. We're flooded with bitterness. And let me tell you something. we got to get it out. we got to get it out. You know what pour means? To empty What do you do when a five-gallon bucket is so full of water that it's overflowing? You pour it out. What do we do with our lives when we're so eat up with stress and sorrow and disappointments? Child of God, we've got to pour it out. We've got to get rid of it. And telling me is not going to help you enough. You must tell the Lord. And you must pour your soul out to God. Yes, you poured your soul to your cousin and to your neighbor. But when's the last time you took your sorrow and your your depression and your bitterness and you poured it out to the Lord? Because here's the thing. I can give you advice, but I cannot heal your soul. Jesus can heal you. Jesus can take your brokenness and take it away from you when all I can do is just help you bear the burden. That's all I can do is help you carry it. Then both, both of us are miserable. But child of God, you got to go to God and you got to pour your soul out before a living and holy God. We must pour our soul. And we, we're so upset and we're so stressed because we're full of bitterness and we're full of sorrow. But we refuse to pour out our soul to God. And you know and I know that that would fix the problem. Pouring our soul out is acknowledging our issue. It is confessing our issues before the Lord. You say, well, God knows. But God wants you to acknowledge. 
God wants you to go to him and say, God, here's my bitterness. Here's this issue. I've been mad at you, God, for 10 years for taking my child, for taking my loved one. Oh, God, here it is. You got to pour yourself out to him. Not long ago, Brother Hayden come to me and he said, Brother Josh, and our youth group over there, man, I preach my soul out and there's so much lockdown. He said, these kids will not just break down before the Lord. He said, I don't know what their problem is. And I said, have you ever met their mom and dad? <laughs> I know exactly what their problem is. Our kids have never seen us pour our souls out to the Lord. They've never seen us broken before God. We live in a society that men, if you just, just show a tear that it's a sign of weakness, shame on you, child of God. I'll tell you what, if we would shed a, a few more tears, our life may be a lot better. I'm telling you, we need men of God willing to pour their souls out to the living God. Quit carrying around this bitterness and this sorrow and pour your soul out to Jesus. Just pour it out. When's the last time you gone to the altar and just poured it out? You told God everything. You told Him your weakness. You told Him your trial. You told Him your sorrow. You told Him your enemies. You told Him everything going on with you. And just poured out your soul. But preacher, I'm scared. What is it, Brother Jason? Fear. Fear. Oh, if I open up what's going to happen God's going to heal you is what's going to happen God's going to save you is what's going to happen I'm telling you good things are going to come to those who are willing to put the pride down and get at the altar and pour out their souls before the Lord you won't let a five gallon bucket overflow then you quit overflowing and you pour it out and you get rid of it and you let God heal you. Child of God, some of us need healing in our hearts. And we got to get down at this altar. And we got to pour out our souls. Man, I'm glad our cries wake up the Master. Lost person, it's time to be saved. Man, if you weren't here Wednesday, you missed church. I just two or three minutes, John 3.16. God loves us. God gave us and God saves us. I begin to look at little boys with tears rolling down their face. Oh, man. And I said, nobody moves unless you need to be saved. Seen a little old boy nearly knocked down, Brother Jason Whitaker, out of that pew. He, that's a big old boy. That little kid got up here in the second pew and was talking to me. He was drowning in sin, and he had to get it out. Whew. The boy got saved, and he met Jesus. Little boy over here come flying down the aisle, tears flowing down. Preacher, I'm drowning. I'm going to hell. And he poured out his soul, and he got saved. We had four get saved Wednesday night. There's some, there's some women back there. I said, boy, y'all had a front seat to salvation the other night. Man, these women just wept over the souls that God was saving. Brokenness before the Lord. Just pouring it out. Let go of that pew and pour out your soul. Let go of that pride 
and pour out your soul. Let go and pour out. That mama went down to the temple and she was bitter and she was sorrowful. But she poured it out and she put it in the hands of the Lord. Child of God, it's time to you to put it in God's hands. It's time for you to deal with this properly. You've made a mess of it. It's time to hand it over to God and let God take it from you. She left that place happy. We could go on and read the rest of the story, but God changed her. God heard her plea. God granted her prayer. Her cries woke up the master as it always does. And I'm telling you, you got more sickness in your family. You have more stress. Sin has overtaken you. It's time for you to cry out to the Master. And He'll hear your cry.